Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Woo! Weekend's over. Time to get into the grind. Just a reminder, join Broken Jarhead on Facebook Live tomorrow night at 7 p.m. for the Veterans Podcast Awards. They'll be doing the presentation live on Facebook. So thank you again for your support. Today, I'm a little late in closing out the month of September and the importance of it being Suicide Awareness Month. We, hear, we always hear about the 22 veterans a day committing suicide. And there are, of course, a number of nonprofit organizations that are aligned with this issue. The issue isn't having nonprofits stood up for them. It is the quality of care they are receiving or choosing not to get, get out of fear of having some kind of stigma put on them. In 2003, 2004, I was in the Big Red One. And I was with a great unit in a beautiful place called Aramadi, Iraq. This place has been the subject of at least a few chapters of a few books about the war in Iraq. And Oliver North was present with us there to see firsthand how insane this place was. It was at this time that, unbeknownst to me, I crossed paths with our next guest. She was aligned with the mighty hurricanes of the 1124 Infantry, who our brigade now had as part of our task force. She has gone on to become a licensed professional counselor and national certified counselor, specializing in military issues and combat-related trauma. She provides intervention and evidence-based treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, moral injury, depression, combat operational stress, and other diagnoses. She is certified clinician in cognitive processing therapy and prolonged exposure therapy and has 20 plus years experience serving active duty military, veterans, military retirees, and family members. She is a certified group psychotherapist and active American group psychotherapy association member. She's a combat veteran and a published researcher. So without further ado, let's get Virginia Cruz on here. All right, welcome to the show from McAllen, Texas. Miss Virginia Cruz, how are you today, Virginia? Man, I am pumped and jacked to be with the Misfit Nation this morning, Rich. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. It's been a, a, a winding road to get you here, and both of us had some uh, scheduling conflicts, but here we are. The sun's up. We're all alive, and things are going well. You know, no complaints. We're both busy bees. It happens. Yes. Uh, so why don't you lean on in and tell us a little bit about you and about your work Oh, for sure. But before I jump in, I want to congratulate you on your Veteran Podcast Awards nominations. I know you're not going to brag on yourself. So I'm going to just, I'm going to elbow in and, and, you know, now that we're recording, I'm going to go ahead and elbow in and brag on you. So congratulations. And I look forward to tuning into that on the 5th, on October 5th. Um, So I'll tell you about myself, but you know, I'll be straight up. My origin story is not as cool as uh, as your other guests. Um, 
you know, I didn't start out wanting to be a mental health therapist. Uh, nobody goes into this line of work for the money or the fame. Uh, but after, in 2008, after my third deployment to Iraq, I was really at my own worst point with my PTSD. Um, to make a long story as short as possible, I, uh, I had an incident at work and I was command directed to see psychiatry. So I went to a military treatment facility and the psychiatrist I saw was an active duty military officer. He was a male colonel. At that point, I was, I was not okay. I was really overwhelmed. I was suicidal. I was drinking like a fish. I was drinking two to three bottles of wine. I lived in Europe. Uh, not that, not that, I mean, not that that makes that much alcohol okay, but it, it certainly didn't go as noticed as it might have in other duty stations. Uh, but I was drinking a phenomenal uh, amount of alcohol. And I knew, I knew that there was something seriously wrong with my mental health, but I did not know what that was. And it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. So I talked with the psychiatrist for the better part of an hour. I answered his questions, I eyeballed them, and I poured my heart out. And at the end of our time together, he, he looked right at me and he said, oh, Virginia, you know, I'd really like to help you, but there's nothing I can do if you choose not to be honest with me. And I um, was a little bewildered by that. And so he further qualified it by saying, you know, we, we all know that women don't serve in combat. And I really can't help you if you don't tell me the truth. So this was 2008. And wow. I was, um, yeah. So suffice to say that did not end well. Um, I was escorted out of the building. And that psychiatrist labeled me with something called a personality disorder. He completely dismissed my combat experience and, and, and my PTSD experience. And I think the worst part of that is I really felt like I was kicked while I was already down. I, but it wasn't by just, you know, anybody. It was by another service member who was supposed to have my back. And that betrayal cut me so deeply. I really internalized that. And it, at that point, I really thought about giving up. And, you know, I kind of had a come to Jesus moment. I, I really figured out at that point that if I did not figure out how to help myself, I was literally going to die, either from insanity or by my own hand. And so I enrolled in graduate school. And 13 years later, here I am talking to you. So one of my first gigs after I was licensed is I got a teaching job. And I started teaching active duty service members about PTSD and usually alcohol abuse, what we call co-occurring disorders. That just means that Two things are happening at the same time and they both suck. And so what I found was, you know, I was given this curriculum to teach about PTSD and it was very accurate. You know, it talked about the amygdala and the frontal lobes and all the brain science, but it was absolutely not relatable. And so I thought back to myself, you know, what was it that I needed personally when I was at my lowest point with my own, with my own PTSD? And what I really needed at that point was I needed to understand what was happening to me. You know, is this normal or am I batshit? I needed to know the no kidding options. How do I get better? And then I really needed step-by-step -step guidance on how to implement that. Basically, I needed an NCO. I needed some hip pocket training and I needed to understand how to talk to my family, 
because I had already nuked my, my personal relationships because we do that with PTSD. And I needed to know how to talk to my chain of command to get the support that I needed. And I really needed action steps for afterwards. How do I keep from relapsing? So my students were amazing and I've taught you know, well over a thousand service members, my curriculum at this point. And, um, and they stayed on me. They stayed on me for years. And uh, finally, I published a soldier's guide to PTSD this year. And this is a, you know, it, it's subtitled uh, how to no shit reclaim your life. So it, yeah, because I think language matters. It does. You know, <laughs> language matters. You're an instructor, your wife's a teacher. Um, and service members, you know, soldiers, Marines, even Coasties are pretty smart. We're, we are like a pretty smart group. You know, we, nobody, nobody goes into the military for the money or the fame because that would be foolish. We are, there, <laughs> you know, we are there for a reason. We are there with heart. And, you know, you're an instructor. I mean, we are teaching service members unbelievably complex Things that are a lot more complex than PTSD. PTSD is, without a doubt, the most straightforward, logical, easy to understand mental health disorder, which just means that our shit's out of order. There's there's no judgment with that word disorder. I know a lot of people take exception to that. Um, but it's really easy to understand if it's explained in a way that is not unnecessarily complicated. And, and that's, that's what I think a lot of military instructors do well and what NCOs do well is, you know, it, it, always that question, you know, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Right. And, you know, when it comes to PTSD, when it comes to moral injury, when it comes to suicide, depression, how to talk to family members, shit, you know, it, no one is asking the very fundamental question. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? We've got a lot of researchers who are all heart, by the way. The researchers I know are absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, there, there are, there's billions of dollars in PTSD research. We have the VA, you know, the Department of Veteran Affairs, which is, you know, not known for being, you know, really quick on the uptake, has already approved three evidence-based treatments for PTSD, three of them. And what an evidence-based treatment means is that it works for most people most of the time. So if you think of like the Pareto rule, think about that as like an 80-20. It works for most people most of the time. We have prolonged exposure therapy, cognitive processing therapy, and EMDR. And because they're approved by the VA, those are widely available. So you can go to the VA, you can go to, you can, shit, you can go to Google and find a therapist and ask for those evidence-based treatments by name. And what we know is they most work for most people most of the time. And you've got a pathway within 8 to 12 sessions to reclaim your life. You know, there, there is a solution out there. This is not rocket surgery. This right. is very well known. Um, but no one's picking up what we're putting down. we got a bunch of folks running around with a puzzle piece. Pardon me. Puzzle piece. You know, I'm going to fix veterans with equine therapy. And now calm down, listeners. Don't send me a, send me a strongly worded email. I love my horse. I got it. I love your horse too. 
you know, or I'm going to help with this. I'm going to do talk there. You know, we got all these people running around with puzzle pieces, but, but I think what, what helped me the most personally and what helps my clients the most. And at this point we're, we got lots of them. You know, I'm no spring chicken anymore. Um, is it's just being able to understand, you know, and normalize my symptoms. What, you know, what is happening to me? Is this normal or do I need to be locked up like legit? Um, you know, it, are we picking, you know, it, are people picking up what we're putting down and then, okay, here's the steps, you know, one, two, three, here's the three evidence-based treatments that work most of the time. And if those don't work, by the way, we have, you know, often that is called treatment resistant PTSD, which doesn't mean that you're FUBAR. It just means that we got to try a different method. We got to try a different avenue of approach. It's very logical, very, very logical. And there is so much money and so much great research. Um, and we can do NDMA, we can do uh, faith-based therapy. I mean, marijuana, there are so many different avenues of approach to treating PTSD. It's, it's off the cuff. There, there is treatment out there. And we, sometimes we just need a guide, somebody to, to hold our hand and just say, Hey, here's what we've got going. And it's just, it, you know, our book is just hip pocket training. That's, that's what we've got. So, so that's how, that's how this, that's how this book got born, how our, how our audio book got born. Uh, we put it into audiobook because I'll I'll be honest with you, Rich. I haven't. Oh, this is this is embarrassing, but this is very true. I haven't read I haven't read a book in forever. Um, oh, wow. I, I just don't. I'm an audio learner, and uh, and I listen to everything. Even when I have a book or an article that I'm reading, I put it into a program uh, on my on my uh, on my phone to to read it to me. You know, with one of those creepy Alexa voices. You know, I don't, I, you know, I don't read a lot and I don't know a lot of soldiers who do. And that's not because we're stupid. It's because who's got time for that. But there's one thing everyone does have and that's commute. And so, yes. <laughs> you know, we're taking advantage of our commute uh, and in listening, you know, we created an audio book. Um, we're putting our book into Spanish and we're really looking forward to that in 2022. And it's not because it's not because there's a big market for it. It's because no one is doing it. And here I am, I guess I'm, I'm one of those, those hippie folks that believes that everybody, no kidding, deserves to have excellent access to mental health care, even if your first language is in English. Ooh, you know, so I, you know, I, I'm here in the Valley. I'm here in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And it is my absolute privilege to serve this community and to serve the the veterans and active duty service members who serve here on border operations. And we've got a lot of folks who are Spanish speakers. And if they are not, their family members are. And so I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really passionate about equal access. And we don't have a lot, of, uh, a lot of information on mental health writ large that is available in Spanish. And that's not okay. And so, you know, our, our little corner of the globe here, we're just trying to unfuck that and, and, make, and, and make this incredibly straightforward information available and make it accessible for everyone who is looking for it. Definitely. And uh, 
in 2004, I was in Ramadi, Iraq, and uh, probably our last few weeks there, we were doing a right seat left to drive with our uh, replacement unit there. And I was uh, with the Marines, and we got attacked, and our, PC, our, our PSD was right next to me. And one of the soldiers, he was a, a Mexican-American, spoke perfect English up to that point. He got blown out of the vehicle and couldn't speak English anymore. Oh, and that goes right that goes right to your point where we need to have both level both people both uh people need to have access to the health and be able to read things and be able to understand what's being told to them because i don't honestly from that point i don't know if he ever got turned back or was able to you know they separated us right away there and you hardly ever see people again once they leave hmm. but it was really weird at that point and then when we came home from that deployment the alleged professionals in 2004 at fort riley kansas told us none of us could have PTSD because we're not far enough away from the event yet. Oh, and I so said, wow. wow. I said, that's a great thing to say to us. <laughs> and I, well, I just walked out. I walked out of the briefing. I said, I'm done with you. I'm going to go to my next briefing. And I just drove on until till 2016 when I finally went and got help. So, Oh, legit. Rich, thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. You know, and that's a really good point. So, there's something called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM. It's this big-ass purple book. We call it the DSM-5. It's got to have the number five on it. And the D- that is the, the guide that is used to diagnose all mental health disorders. Now, disorder is just, that is a clinical word. And I want to be real Pacific on that, you know, as opposed to being Atlantic. Um, that <laughs> All that means is that your shit's out of order is that your symptoms are getting in the way of your walking, talking, everyday life. It doesn't mean you're fucked up. That is not a judgment word. It's a clinical word, okay? So it is the so the DSM-5 got a major revamp in 2013. So this is really important to know because it the definition of PTSD changed a lot between the DSM-4 or the IV back then. You know, it was in Roman numerals back in the day. Now it's not for other reasons, but the DSM-5 changed a lot in 2013, making it a lot easier to, to diagnose. So people who were diagnosed with adjustment disorders, and that's something that a lot of your listeners are going to see in their medical records, um, you know, this adjustment disorder, which really feels judgmental, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you see, I mean, I, I had that in my own medical records and I was like, the fuck, what? I just, what? And um, that hurt my feelings and uh, and made me feel sad on the inside. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I, you know, I got, again, I I went after 2013 and got my CMP, my compensation and pension exam. Um, So if your listeners have gotten a CMP exam or, you know, like you, you know, got, got read, uh, some some bullshit back in 2004 or before 2013 now is the time friends to go and, and get a do-over go ahead you know go to va.gov and reapply for compensation and pension because things have changed a lot and you absolutely deserve to get the help that you need so thank you for sharing that that is um i appreciate you being really uh, i appreciate you being vulnerable about that i know a lot of people feel you know, queasy about sharing their own personal experience with, with PTSD. Yeah. Well, for a while, like I said earlier, I, I kind of denied having any issues. I, I thought I was just a normal dude. And uh, my wife and daughter kept saying, you changed, you changed. And you don't listen to them because 
it's whatever. I went to war. I'm back. I'm all right. We're, let's go. Let's go to Applebee's and have a shake or whatever. And then year after my fourth deployment, I finally realized I said, yeah, something is wrong. Yeah, I'm kind of messed up. I'm out, I'm outside my mind right now. And and it still wasn't until after I got my CMP, they diagnosed me with PTSD and that they sent me to the VA hospital to, to meet the, the mental health professionals. And the first thing they wanted to do was give me medication. I told them, no, I'm not taking med- medication. I've seen all these zombies in the hallways. I yeah. said, send me somewhere else for treatment. Some, there's got to be a treatment without medicine. And they said, oh, we don't, we don't do it here, but we'll recommend you. So I went to a local place here, and he did the EMDR on me. And that, oh, helped, me, that helped me exponentially, and I've been fine. I've been able to manage it ever since then. I love hearing that. You know, and what your experience was is the norm and not the exception. Um, And it's true. There is no medicine. There is no medication out there that is specifically going to help PTSD. There's meds out there that will help the symptoms. You know, we give you an anti-anxiety med or sleep med or an antidepressant. But the only way out is through. When, When it comes to PTSD, we need to process our trauma. We need to, we need to process it. And you know, like that expression, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. It's, it's ugly, you know, this shit ain't easy, but let's get for real for a minute. It's not forever either. I know that it's, you know, for most of us, well, I'm sure just for me, I'll just speak for myself. The idea of talking about my trauma with a mental health professional and that mental health professional might be a poke. They might be a civilian. They might have been in school, you know, sent for all of their life. But, you know, the idea of talking with a civilian about my PTSD is terrifying. That's terrifying. And what I want to tell your listeners, and you know this from experience, is, yeah, that shit ain't easy, but it's not forever either. It is literally eight to 12 sessions in an intensive environment like an inpatient environment, that means that you and you go to a, a program and you, you go every day and you, you stay in the hospital or an intensive outpatient, meaning that you get to sleep at home in your own bed with your own dog. And, you know, you're doing it every day. We can knock out those PTSD symptoms. Again, eight to 12 sessions. We can see folks three times a week for between an hour and 90 minutes. And within three weeks, and again, Evidence-based treatments work for most people most of the time. So if I had an 80% chance of winning the lottery, brother, I'd play. I'd I'm play. playing today. <laughs> okay. I play all day. But here's the thing. We got three courses of action. Right. So if COA 1 doesn't work, you go to COA 2. If that doesn't work, you go to COA 3. If by, by some statistical you know miracle, you are an outlier in all three of those evidence-based treatments, this is super logical. It means one of two things. It means, A, we don't have the right diagnosis. You know, maybe you have a co-occurring disorder. So that's a fancy-ass word that we use that means that there are two things that are going on. So we have co-occurring disorders that happen with PTSD. So think about it like this, bro. PTSD always comes to the party with friends. It's a real joiner that way. And the most... Prevalent, what I see most often with PTSD are drug and alcohol use disorder. So too much drinking, too much drugging, um, depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, and eating disorders. 
and I see a lot of eating disorders. I'm talking to all your male listeners out there. So we're talking binging, purging, um, and especially my active duty folks. We see this a lot because they're, well, you know, even with the new, uh, with the, with the new PFT for the army, you know, we're, there, there's a lot of body dysmorphia and a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that really rewards rapid weight loss within the active duty community. Let's just put it that way. So we see a lot of eating disorders and that doesn't mean that you're beyond hope. That just means that we might have to deal with something else. What it could also be is something called moral injury and moral injury you know, this is one of those things that we don't talk about a lot. It's super uncomfortable, but but we need to because moral injury is, it's not a diagnosis that we're going to see in the DSM-5. And I remember when I first started looking at the research on moral injury, and this is by uh, Brett Litz and his team, and he's out at the University uh, U Boston, Boston University, sorry, um, and the VA out in Boston. When I first started reading his work, I, I was just floored. It it was, I, I thought to myself, how is nobody talking about moral injury? How is this not a thing? Because his writing is, it's written as if he, as if he got together with a bunch of us around a campfire and we all got pissed drunk together and he took really excellent notes. <laughs> He was and the beginner of one, yes. <laughs> you know, and I know you're picking up what I'm putting down because we've yeah. all experienced that. Okay. And, and see, PTSD is rooted in fear. And that means that our brain performs like straight up acrobatic feats to keep us alive, you know, so fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. Um, but moral moral injury is a little different because it's rooted in shame. It's rooted in shame. So I love Brene Brown. She talks about the difference between guilt and shame is guilt is I did something wrong. You know, I kicked a kitten. I hurt your feelings. I tripped an old lady and shame. I, I am something wrong. There is something fundamentally wrong with me because I really am a monster because only an animal would only a monster would fill in the blank. And so we can see how moral injury can really fuck with our walking, talking, everyday life, especially, friend, the way that we interact with our family, especially our kids. And this is important to talk about in a real and authentic way because this is what makes us legit consider suicide. So, you know, moral injury stems from those events that violate, I say again, violate our deeply rooted expectations of ourselves and of others. So this is born in the should, you know, how I should have acted, how things should be, how things should work in war and in life. And in with moral injury, Brett Litz and his team kind of tidally put it into three categories. That's combat loss. So that's when we lose, lose a service member downrange, uh, lose a battle buddy, uh, perpetration, so those are acts of commission or omission, things we should have done, things we could have done, didn't do, other people should have done, didn't do. So this is where we've got war crimes. Those are super uncomfortable to talk about, but they're ubiquitous and we need to start talking about it. Um, and then leadership betrayal. And, you know, and I remember back in, you know, back in like 2010, that, you know, 29, 2010, toxic leadership was the big you know, the big buzzword at all the war colleges and it's not anymore. So I guess, I guess that, that was fixed, but yeah. you know, <laughs> what else? but you know, leadership betrayal. So everybody makes mistakes. 
got it, but leadership betrayal uh, has to do with with behaviors that are especially capricious, risky, and they entail wholly unfair treatment by our leadership. And you were in Ramadi in 04, I was too. So that's pretty far from the flagpole. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So, you know, these the consequences are horrific because toxic leaders, they thrive in chaotic situations with little oversight, like Ramadi. Not that I'm bitter. And <laughs> like Ramadi 2004. And it's highly unlikely with, with this leadership betrayal that there's going to be justice because that is not how the military works. You know, so harassment, hazing, unlawful orders, sexual assault. They're more in check the closer we are to the flagpole. But not everybody got to chill in Bagram, okay? So, it, you know, that means in the field and depending on where you're at, and calm down, Bagram vets. I'm not saying that you didn't have a trauma. Calm down. Don't write me an email. But, you know, in the field and when there's a lot of, li- when there is little oversight, it really is game on for slick sleeve psychopaths, basically, who are literally wielding the power of life and death. You know, I, Napoleon, I, I love reading, uh, military biographies. And one of my favorite quotes from Napoleon is it's amazing what a man will do for a piece of colored ribbon or a cab or a bronze star or any other metal for that matter. You know, so, you know, wanting to go outside, you know, wanting to go outside the wire, you know, every day so that they can get their cab, you know, risking the safe, safe you know, risking the safety of troops, uh, alienating, a single troop to the point where they commit suicide, threatening troops with violence, um, just being batshit crazy. Um, toxic leaders are just, whew. anyway, I, I digress, brother. Yeah, but those- I've seen, I think I've seen all that in the, the Ramadi realm uh, between Blue Diamond and uh, uh, Fob Junction, Junction City there. And then, of course, Combat Outpost. I've seen everything, every form of leadership in all those bases and, of course, on the streets. The streets was a whole other world. Once you're outside the wall, is a whole different world. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, seeing people lose their lose their lids out there was a little crazy, and uh, it helped me feel like I was doing the right things a lot, a lot of times. So it, that it helped out sometimes. But when you're talking about uh, the risks people will take for a reward, if you haven't seen the, the Netflix show Squid Game, that'll bring all that to you. Oh, for real, I haven't. Is that tell me more? Squid Game is a pretty good show. It's a basic. Based off Korean children's games, it's a, it has subtitles. You can get the dub version on Netflix, of course, but it's it's very deep and interesting uh, series. It's about nine nine episodes, and you'll be drawn in right away, especially during episode one. You'll learn learn games that you used to play are now horrific in your mind. Wow, I love that. I'm always looking for resources to give to uh, to give to to clients to help understand our, our human nature and. You know, so I'm always on the on the prowl for, for podcasts, for for shows, for yeah. So if you've got anything, please send them on to me. I'm I'm always on the prowl for that sort of thing. Thank you. Definitely, no problem. Squid Game got it down. All right. So you said you'd you'd want to just speak about the about a one pager on the book if you want to do that. Oh snap! I'd be happy to do that. Um, thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. Um. So we, we do have, uh, this is available for your listeners too. So if your listeners go to the soldiersguide.com, 
So that's the soldier's guide. Com. Uh, they can get a preview copy, a free preview copy of the book. You sign up for our newsletter um, because I believe that absolutely, Lottie Dottie, everybody deserves to understand what our symptoms are. And within, you know, within the uh, within the preview copy that you can get, we go through what PTSD isn't, what it is. And uh, when you sign up for the newsletter, you can get copy to our, you can get access rather. Uh, to a copy of a free PDF. We have a workbook available and I give it to all my clients. Uh, this is really great to have before you go into your CMP exam, uh, you know, to understand these are my symptoms and here is the criteria uh, upon which this diagnosis of PTSD is based. I think empowerment is so important and it, it's written in a way that hopefully uh, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. But yeah, in the introduction, just to give your, you know, to give your listeners kind of a flavor of what we are putting down, um, I, I would love to read the introduction to the book because this is not for everybody, legit, and that's okay. You know, we're not trying to be all things to all people. I can't even be all things to one person most of the time. Yeah. But, but and, you know, it is what it is. This book is not for everybody. Um, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a flavor. So right. here's the introduction. This is from The Soldier's Guide to PTSD, written by yours truly. So dear soldier, so we don't know each other. I only know that you've picked up this book and for the moment you're reading it. I appreciate that because talking about PTSD, kind of my thing. After my third deployment, I was definitely not okay and nobody knew how to help me. My chain of command, my doctors, my family, or me. I worked hard to get better. And I made lots of mistakes along the way. Eventually, I got my master's degree in mental health counseling, and I started teaching troops. Now, I am convinced that when we know the no-shit facts about PTSD, we make more informed choices and get better faster. So I'm going to write this book directly to you as if you're sitting in my class. And my classes feel pretty uncomfortable. And that's because PTSD is an unpleasant topic and we don't like to talk about it. I get that. But that's not good for, for us. Your life is at stake, my friend. I'm not going to fuck around. I intend to be as straightforward as I know how to. Because I know PTSD can kill you. We're going to talk about suicide, war crimes, depression, relationships, and a lot more. See, I'm one of those therapists who came to the profession later in life. I'm not here to waste your time. I'm going to teach you everything I wish I knew when I started my own journey. And while you're not going to like it, probably, it's what you need to hear. Now, I know PTSD is an ass kicker, and I realize that you might not be up to reading a book, but maybe you could try this one, so I'll keep it short. Another reason I wrote this book is that a lot of service members know we have PTSD, but we don't know what to do about it. Maybe we believe lies, like PTSD never goes away. We continue to feel hopeless. This book might find its way into the hands of someone who never knew help was there, and it may show you where to find it. Oh, one last thing. I swear a lot. I'm going to say that up front because a lot of folks are uncomfortable with coarse language, and that is legit okay. I respect it. This isn't the right book for you. I don't swear because I'm trying to be cool or provocative. Spoiler alert, I'm not. And I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or make you feel sad on the inside. 
legit, not swearing is inauthentic for me. And because nothing less than your life is at stake, I'm not going to apologize for what I have to say. Listen, there are a lot of great guides out there for civilians and clinicians, but this book's for service members. It's from one soldier to another. It's from me to you. Because if someone had given me this book back in 2005, it would have saved me years of bullshit. You are sincerely Virginia Cruz. Awesome. Thank you, Virginia. That was an awesome reading. And I think uh, if they heard that, they're going to run out and, and download their uh, preview copy and probably start the, the PDF or workbook they get as well to, to help them on their way if they're not already getting help. I hope so. Everyone deserves to get better from PTSD. You know, the, the thing I hear most often, and I, I talk about it there in the intro, is this rumor. So there are a lot of rumors about PTSD that are absolutely not true, but will fuck with your head. And the number one rumor I hear over and over is that PTSD has no cure. So add to that, you know, I'll always have PTSD. I'll never get better. The symptoms might go away, but the PTSD will always be there. And these beliefs are so widely held, brother, that most people give up before getting started. We, we just give up. And that legit is not a thing. There are those three evidence-based treatments for PTSD that are approved by the VA. So remember, we've got prolonged exposure therapy, cognitive processing therapy, and the EMDR that you experience, meaning that they've all been proven to work, most people, most of the time. Now, using an evidence-based treatment, I want to mention, is really important because evidence-based treatments, they're based on peer-reviewed scientific evidence. That means that researchers conduct rigorous studies using scientific methods. They document their research in those peer-reviewed scientific journals. Then other researchers conduct other additional scientific studies to see if that treatment, that evidence-based treatment, is in fact successful. So it's a lot like how drugs are tested by the FDA. It's those double-blind, randomized trials over a very long period of time with a lot of scrutiny. So when a therapy method is recognized as an evidence-based treatment, it's a big fucking deal. And yes, so it is. I, I want, and, and I, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm foot stomping on this because there's no sense in going to get help for your PTSD and then not getting the help that you deserve. You know, if you got cancer, you don't go to your PCM, you go to a no shit oncologist. You go to somebody who specializes in cancer because cancer will kill you. Well, guess what? PTSD will kill you. So go to a no shit PTSD specialist and ask, ask for these evidence-based treatments by name. There is no sense in fucking around doing talk therapy. I mean, and I'm not saying that talk therapy doesn't work for other things. You want to lie on the couch, talk about your mother, knock yourself out, do it. But for PTSD, it's that does not work. But we know what does. We know what does. Now, those are the three evidence-based treatments that are approved by the VA. But there are a lot more out there. And, and I want to encourage people to get specific help so that you can have a breakthrough with your PTSD. And then, you know, go talk about your daddy issues afterwards. <laughs> and like you said, not all, all treatment is one size fits all. So each therapist and each treatment has to be good for you. And if it's not working after one or two visits, you got to raise your hand and say, this isn't the one for me. I got to go somewhere else. Oh, legit. 
Rich, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Be, and, and this is kind of an uncomfortable truth. And I talk about this in the book too. This is why this book isn't for everybody. So yeah, you know, when it comes to finding a therapist, like for example, I am not the right therapist for most people, for most people. And that is okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it, the therapeutic relationship is a lot more important than my ego. It's a lot more important. You getting the help you deserve is a lot more important than my fucking feelings. Okay. And not everybody is great at their job. Just because you got letters at the end of your name doesn't make you a genius. Some people are legit not good at their job. They're just not. And I love what you said that, you know, if you are not clicking with your therapist, there isn't that, that strong therapeutic relationship there. It might be time to move on. It might not be you. Now, legit, we got to look at the other side of that too. If you've gone to a dozen, uh, a dozen programs and all this stuff and the the common denominator is you, then, you know, maybe the the problem's in the mirror, but you know, that's, (laughs) you know, that's, that's a story for another day. And um, at that point, you have to own it. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, I, I've been through that. I've been been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. I, I've been in recovery for a long time for, for alcohol use. And uh, ouch, yeah, you're singing my song. But that's okay. That's okay. We, we get the help that we need when we need it. Definitely. So Virginia, we're way over my usual time, but that's okay. It's going to be a good episode, good long episode, and it has a lot of uh, good information for our listeners because most of the listeners will get value from this and hopefully share it with their brothers and sisters out there that really need this. Oh, I want to thank you for taking your time to come on. And if you have three things you can tell Joe or Josephine as they're fighting with this stuff, what would that be? Oh, thank you so much. The first thing I would tell you, is uh, to go to thesoldiersguide.com. Go ahead and get your free preview copy because we go line by line through the criteria for PTSD because I want you to understand that what you're going through is normal. And when we say normal, that doesn't mean it tickles. It means that we expect that when it comes to PTSD. You're not going batshit crazy. What you're experiencing, unfortunately, is normal. So it is what it is. Second thing I would want you to know is that we have a solution. We have a solution. We have evidence-based treatment. We've, we've talked about them at length. Make sure that when you go and find a therapist, find, find the help that you need, that you are asking for these evidence-based treatments like by name, just like you did, Rich, when you're like, nah, you know what? Zombie drugs, not for me. Right. You, dove, you dove in. And the last thing I would want Joe and Josephine to know is you know what? Treatment doesn't tickle. It sucks, but it's not forever. Suck it the fuck up. Okay. It is not forever. It is eight to 12 sessions of shit. It is going to be really hard, but it is not harder than what you have been through. You absolutely can reclaim your life from PTSD. You can reclaim your relationships. You can reclaim your self-esteem, your work ethic, you can reclaim your life from PTSD. We have ways to do it. Connect with other people. Oh, can I have a fourth thing, Rich, please? Go ahead. <laughs> Listen, if, if you could figure out, Joe and Josephine, if you could figure out how to do this shit on your own, you probably would have already done it. That's not a thing. 
That is not a thing. We heal in community. We do not heal in isolation. So I'm going to encourage you to connect with another person who is outside of you to get the help that you need. There is no doing this shit on our own. Connect with others. Connect with your brothers and sisters. Start talking. Get in this peer support group. You wouldn't go out on a convoy without your fire team. You wouldn't go bergdoll it and just be alone and unafraid. Don't do that with PTSD. Don't do it. Look what happened well, he, to That was a good one. He wasn't alone and unafraid. He was just a, a different name I have for him. But anyway. Yeah, six feet tall and bulletproof. It, that didn't work so well. Yeah, he's a special fellow. <laughs> Thanks for the, that advice. Uh, how, if someone does read the book, and then even though you said you're not right for everyone after reading the book, and they want to get in touch with you and have maybe a one-on-one -on -one with you, how do they do that? Oh, they can they can they can pop me an email uh, at thesoldiersguy.com. You can you can just go ahead and look me up. Connect with my Facebook page is probably the best place to do it. So our book, uh, I have an amazing team, by the way, Katie Salidas. Uh, Barbie McRae and Nicole Tribbett. We've got a team of true believers over here. We are just batshit crazy. Uh, you know, we're, we're on a mission. We, we are, we're batty. We're on a mission. Connect with us through the Facebook page because we have eyes on that all the time. We have a, a Twitter page too, but I'll be straight up. I haven't really leapt into the 90s when it comes to <laughs> most things, but especially when it comes to social media. Um, but my team is amazing. Connect with us that way. Uh, and we'd be happy to help you find a, a no shit mental health expert in your area who can help you because there's no reason not to. We have the tools. The only thing that's holding us back is lack of information and lack of oomph. There it is. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Virginia. Thanks for taking some of your Saturday to hang out with me. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your Texas day. Oh, snap. Thank you so much for your time today, Rich. It is really cool to talk with the Misfit Nation. I wish you the best of luck for the Veterans Podcast Awards on the 5th. Um, I will be tuning in on the Facebook page. And uh, best of luck and congratulations again on your nominations. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. That was awesome chatting with Virginia and learning her no-shit approach to tackling mental illness and PTSD in particular. Thanks for sharing your book and your advice with the audience. Look forward to seeing your success in tackling this demon in the future. So you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this on. We appreciate you. And as always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are the Misfit Nation.